Welcome to the Podscape. What? Ooh, yeah. You understand, baby? Dig it? Let me tell you another thing. First name John, last name Baker. Uh-huh. Brother. Hello and welcome to the Podski. I'm your host, the man of a thousand gimmicks, John Baker. And welcome back for another episode today. Had a lot of detours last week that we'll cover here in a little bit. But before we go any further, just want to say uh, rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. One half of the famous tag team, the Briscoes of Ring of Honor. Rest in peace. He had an accident last night. Seems like his kids were also in the vehicle with him and they are uh, just going through some trials and tribulations here. So let's just, uh, you know, keep them in our thoughts and prayers and hopefully everything kind of works out okay for the family and just really, really sad news just awful gut-wrenching news so i uh, just want to say rest in peace jay briscoe uh and didn't want to start the podcast on a sad note here but so moving on to brighter things here we got a another that's so dolphins talk we if you haven't listened already we had plenty of that's so dolphins last week we had the playoff preview pod we're going to do the divisional playoff preview pod this weekend and there's just there was a lot of good football last weekend. Our Dolphins, they they fought hard. They didn't come out on top. The season is over. But that doesn't mean the content's over. So we're going to give you a few more weeks of That's So Dolphins talk, and then we'll get into some off-season things. It's going to die down a little bit on the Dolphins talk. So if you are a Dolphins listener, um, it, obviously the season's over, so we're not going to continue to just give you dolphins talk we're gonna you know move on to the off once the off season gets kick-started and rolling we'll we'll get back into that so um but speaking of last week that i already mentioned there was so much vince mcmahon news that i had to can this episode that we're doing today because there was just way too much that was going on with vince that we couldn't talk about it so i put up three episodes last week technically i put up Six episodes from last Sunday to this past Sunday. I had a dolphin. I had three dolphin shows and three wrestling shows. So there was a lot going on here on the Podski last week. Thank you all to whoever tuned in. Thank you all, listeners. Uh, we're still doing great numbers. Very proud of where we're going. We're growing each and every week. The shows are getting better. Uh, thank you to all of the guests that continuously come on here. They're great, and it's fun to always talk about wrestling and football. So. If you want to follow up of kind of what's happening with the Vince stuff, if you've been following along, the only real new news that I have is that there's been two class action lawsuits that were filed against Vince for abuse of power. And that's kind of where it stands right now. Vince just keeps pushing his way. And I would assume sooner rather than later, Vince is going to take full control again of this company. And it's a really sad thing to see. Especially if you're a wrestling fan. It's nothing that you want to see. So, um, The show that I was supposed to do last week was going to be Triple H's 2002 return. And for those of you that always listen to the show, it's a, a constant. I am a Triple H stan. I am a mark for Triple H. He's my favorite wrestler. And I really wanted to cover it because it's it's something that it's one of the biggest returns of all time. And it's a highlight of not of my childhood. I, this is whenever I got into wrestling. So, um, And... In spirit of Cody Rhodes announcing that he is into the Royal Rumble, 
and the Royal Rumble is next weekend. We're in Rumble season. We're getting to WrestleMania season. It just felt right. And another thing that kind of, you know, kick-started me into wanting to do this episode was I was browsing Mercari one night, came across a Defining Moments Triple H, and if you are not into the figures or you don't understand the figures, the Defining Moments line is is a line that they kind of killed off a few years ago and because they were they were launching new they were doing the ultimate editions they were doing the the elite two packs there just wasn't really a spot for defining moments anymore even though i would be hard-pressed to say there's a tote that's a total lie i have no idea why they killed the line the defining moments line is a fantastic line that should have never gone away uh but it's been announced that it's coming back this year and they're going to be ringside exclusives and i'm very very excited for that line just because I love the Defining Moments line. The Defining Moments line not only has uh, the Triple H that I purchased here, uh, but there's also a Rock in the $5,000 shirt. There's a Steve Austin in the camo coat when he threw the IC title off the bridge. There's There's two Undertakers. One Undertaker is from the Survivor Series where he drops from the ceiling. The other one is from WrestleMania 15. I have that one as well. The other one that I actually do have is the the Defining Moments Razor Ramon. That's a great figure. Uh, it's soon going to be replaced in my collection by the Ultimate Edition. Uh, so if you're looking for a Defining Moments Razor, you can find it on Mercari very soon. And it's just a really, really good line. And this figure is a, kind of a grail figure for me because this is my favorite iteration of Triple H. And... It's the only figure that they've ever done of that attire. So, and it's the only head scan. There's there's a lot of onlys in this particular figure that really makes it special for not only just g- uh, collectors in general, but collector like myself. Like I try to get just my favorite things about wrestling. So, very excited to have this. I didn't get all of the accessories with it. I'm going to piece them together as we go. That also makes the hunt fun. So, Really, really excited about this figure, and that's really kind of what kickstarted me into getting the itch to talk about this. And if you are already a listener and a follower here on the Podski, we already kind of started this journey with Triple H. We started a few months ago with the two man power trip, and the two man power trip was Triple H and Steve Austin together. It was the on the heels of WrestleMania 17, where they both were heel. And they were just killing people with chairs. They had all the stri- they were the chaps with the straps. They just were running roughshod over the whole thing. And really, what killed the run of the two man power trip was that Triple H got injured. So this is the only reason why there's a return because Triple H got injured, and that's what killed the two man power trip run. And then the whole invasion thing happened. And so we're gonna get into it here in a little bit, but. Uh, that's kind of where we're at. So if you haven't listened to the two man power trip, it's in the archives. You can go back and listen to it. And that will kind of lead us right into what we're talking about today. That leads us right up to the injury of triple H and kind of the, what we did in that episode, I kind of laid out what the power trip was, their run. Cause it was a really short run of time. And was it as good as what we remember? So if you haven't listened to that already, check it out. I believe it's a good listen. And then you, we can come back here and just pick right up along the timeline. So uh, but let's get to the 2002 return of the game, Triple H. It's time to play the game. 
two-man power trip let off. Triple H's injury was a gruesome, very severe injury. And what's crazy about this whole thing is that it happened during a tag team match. So there was a tag team match after Backlash in 2000 where Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho challenged Triple H and Steve Austin for the tag team titles and during that match on Raw Chris Jericho has Steve Austin in the walls Triple H slides into the ring to break up the hold and in doing so when he plants his leg to hit Chris you can like see the footage of it where his leg just looks like the whole thing just pops and that's the exact moment where he tore his quad and it's very, very, it's, it's so cringe. It makes, it, it, it makes your whole body hurt when you see it. But what's crazy about that is that Triple H didn't stop. That He went a whole like 15, 20 minutes late into the match, and he was even put in the walls of Jericho. So he was, you know, had his legs cranked basically back behind him up to the back of his head by Chris Jericho with a torn quad. That I can't imagine how painful that was. And... The amount of adrenaline that had to be going through his body is really remarkable. And his Triple H's surgeon for this surgery was Dr. James Andrews. If you don't know James Andrews, he's a very world-renowned surgeon uh, located in Birmingham, Alabama. Pretty much WWE has to have this guy on retainer because he does all of the surgeries for WWE. If you ever see someone get hurt in WWE, he's doing the surgery. And... There's a lot of people that use Andrews. He does even high-profile athletes as well. I, I, there's tons of guys in the NFL that have had their ACLs fixed from, from him. He's very, very well-known surgeon. And, you know, it just... Andrews, he couldn't believe that Triple H had walked and continued the match. His quote was, The quad was torn uniquely completely off the kneecap, and he stood on it right after, which would be impossible. I want to see the tape because I can't quite imagine him being able to do that after rupturing your quadriceps. So when you watch the video, you can tell he is in pain. Like he is moving, not, not moving around well, but the way that he was able to just gut that out and do that, it, it's it's... Something like this just doesn't happen in today's wrestling. It doesn't happen in today's sports. If, if there is a legitimate injury, the matches are stopped, the game is stopped, and we just saw you know, this year in the NFL a lot of significant, severe 
injuries where things were stopped completely. We had to stop a whole NFL game. And you never want to see people, you know, get hurt or anything like that. But the mentality to continue to fight through, Triple H was quoted saying it was a badge of honor to continue the match injured. And he said, I don't know why we do what we do. I know it never entered my mind to stop. I think most guys in a locker room would have done that. I think that's the way we are. That's a pride in what we do of never stopping. The show goes on no matter what, and it's your badge of courage. And there was another quote that he had right after. He said, I made a decision at that point that I was going to finish the match. I would have done that a lot more hurt, and I would have had to be a lot more hurt to not continue. And just the mentality is just, if, if, you're, if you know Triple H like later on, this isn't the first time Triple H ever did this. He did it later in the first ever Elimination Chamber. He had a, a, a crushed larynx in that match. He almost died in the hospital that night. And then later on, I mean, he tore his quad again in the mid-2000s. And then even as recent as a few years ago at Crown Jewel in that infamous terrible if you're looking for a really bad match just to adore the awfulness of it watch the crown jewel brothers of destruction versus dx triple h gets hurt literally on like the first move of the match he tears his pack and he has to fight this rest of this match literally with one arm he holds his arm up tight against his body and he's literally wrestling with one arm the entire match it's literally incredible how he was able to pull that off but the guy has a no-quit mentality, and that's just insane to think about, the amount of pain that you have to be in to, you know, gut through something like this. And initially, when he tore his quad, he was told that it would be around a three- to five-month injury, that he would be back. And then whenever they got in there to, you know, perform the surgery, it was way worse than what they thought it had torn completely off the kneecap, and then it rolled up his leg. And it was a, a significant quad injury. And it was so bad that Triple H, he ended up moving to Birmingham, Alabama, so that he could rehab every day with the doctors that performed the surgery. So he went nine hours a day, Monday through Friday, and then Saturdays and Sundays, he went half days. The dedication to rehabilitating his leg and getting back to the grind is, again, I, I, I don't have any words to describe it. It's, I, it's insane. I can't imagine rehabbing for that amount of time, and it's quite admirable, like, his dedication to the craft. He also described his rehab as a work-release prisoner, uh, he was saying that he wakes up, goes to his job, which is rehab all day, and with someone, and if he's lucky, he gets a workout in, but then he just, quote-unquote, returns to his cell or his hotel room for the rest of the time, and it's just, it, it's crazy. Like, he, he didn't leave that that spot for eight months. The only time he really got out, really, it's... He was at the Invasion pay-per-view. So kind of what happened right after the injury, the whole Invasion angle happened. And we're going to cover the Invasion long form. 
uh, here later this summer. I know a lot of listeners, especially a uh, shout out to Uncle Jamie. Uncle Jamie really wants, uh, he's a longtime listener of the Podski, great friend of the show. He wants an invasion show. Well, we're going to give it to you this year, bud. You heard it here first. But at the invasion pay-per-view, Triple H was actually there. He was backstage and he wasn't on screen or anything like that, but he was interviewed that he had lost 25 pounds after the surgery and that it was going to take a lot more time for him to rehab because he had to gain all that back. And, you know, the the way that Triple H looked when he came back, you could clearly tell that dude, he might have had a, a little bit of help. Let's just say that. Uh, that dude was insanely cut, insanely huge. Best shape he's ever been in. Uh, but throughout that year during TV, they would air vignettes on Raw and SmackDown about like Triple H training. And, you know, you could just tell that that guy was really dedicated to getting back and the vignettes were important because they were portraying him as a babyface, which is something that Triple H was n- really never portrayed as. He was always a heel, and it really kind of played into that they were planting seeds of him being a babyface long before he ever came back. And that's really the fine details that you kind of miss in today's WWE that hopefully they get back to and that Vince keeps his dirty little grubby fingers out of it. And... As long as I, I'm truly, if we're going to talk about current day stuff, I really truly feel that if Triple H stays in charge of creative, they're on a really good roll right now. They're getting their footing. If Triple H stays in power and Vince keeps his grubby little fingers out of it, they're going to they're gonna be in a really good spot for this WrestleMania. And I'm really excited for that. But uh, H also at this time, while the vignettes were playing, he was quoted and saying... I'm going to come back and I'm not going to change meaning like his on-screen character. And if people want to cheer that they can, and if they hate it, then, then they can boo me too. So really as we're getting closer in his rehab, so the, the injury happened in May of 2000, we transition into most of the summer is the invasion angle. And then later into December, December, I think first or something like that, or early December, they had the Vengeance pay-per-view. And the Vengeance pay-per-view was supposed to be where he was going to return, he being Triple H. He, so much that he was even on the poster for Vengeance. So I, they had the feeling that he was going to come back for it, and he was told by doctors to, you know, stay home a few more weeks there's really no really no need to rush it back. So he sat out a few more weeks through the holidays, and then he came back the very first episode of Raw in 2002. Comes back January 7th, 2002, Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw, Madison Square Garden. And if you know anything about wrestling, you know that the garden is the mecca. It, it, like if you can get over, they always say you can get over in the garden, you can get over anywhere. And Triple H was quoted saying that this is in his Thy Kingdom Come. So if, you're, uh, if you want to watch a, a good documentary on Peacock, it is the Triple H is called Thy Kingdom Come. And it really details a lot of kind of what happened during this 
return and his rehab and it's a really really good documentary highly recommend if you haven't seen it already to go check that out on peacock it's very good but he was quoted as saying you know when when they aired on the screen that i was going to be returning i was i was hoping that the commercial was going to last forever because of the anticipation of what if i hear crickets and i can understand that and that's what a fear of a lot of wrestlers have they don't want to have crickets when they go out but Let's take a listen here because this is exactly what he wanted and the man did not get crickets. Let's listen. Here tonight in the world's most famous arena, one of the world's most famous games. 
I got goosebumps watching that again. So clearly the fans went nuts. There was no crickets. It, it, it's one of the loudest reactions that we've ever seen in wrestling. I think really the only thing that really lines up with it is the CM Punk return in AEW. I don't want to be that guy, but really I don't think of another one that was louder than that. And, you know, you even heard it from JR during the entrance where, you know, he was saying this has to be one of the loudest sustained roars I've ever heard. So Hunter said that basically any doubts that he had, they were completely wiped away and that he had forgotten that he, you know, he needed to be the ass kicker in the promo and not the baby face because he felt like the baby face in the moment. And essentially what Hunter goes on to do here, he enters into the Royal Rumble, and then he's instantly interrupted by Kurt Angle. And then Kurt mentions how, you know, well, I won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. How can you not enter? How have you been gone for eight months with a torn quad? And just, you know, the ever, you know, dirt bag of Kurt Angle. And, you know, Kurt Angle then gets into the ring and says, well, I have a big announcement, and it's even bigger than Triple H's announcement. <laughs> and Kurt announces that he's entering his first Royal Rumble. And that he couldn't enter last year because he was too busy pinning Hunter for the championship. Uh, so then that ultimately leads to a scrap in the ring where Triple H gets the upper hand. And he is, without a doubt, by far the best shape that he had ever been in. And even JR mentioned it. And he just gets the huge, huge reaction even afterwards uh, on the ramp. And that's where the show ends. So very, very successful return very much anticipated return and we have a direction of where we're going we're going to the royal rumble so if we fast forward to the royal rumble really not much happened from his his return to the royal rumble it all happens at royal rumble so he enters the rumble and whenever his music hits it's really fitting that this is some really good storytelling his partner from the two-man power trip steve austin is waiting for him in the ring and they get into a one-on-one scrap and pretty much it's the it's the end of the two-man power trip there. And that's some really, really interesting and very good storytelling. It's something that we didn't quite get because obviously because Triple H got hurt. We never get the blow off of them, you know, breaking up as a tag team. So we, we finally got it and Triple H's first match back at the Royal Rumble. And Austin is ultimately eliminated by Kurt Angle. And the final two in the Royal Rumble come down to Kurt Angle and Triple H. Uh, Triple H ultimately 
uh, eliminates Kurt, and now Triple H is on his way to main eventing WrestleMania. So, as mentioned earlier, the Vengeance pay-per-view, this is a really, really important pay-per-view in wrestling history. This is the night where they bring the two champions together. They have the World Heavyweight Championship, which is the big gold from WCW from the Invasion Angle, and then they have the WWF Championship, and it's a tournament, and that's the same night where Chris Jericho beats not only The Rock, but he beats Stone Cold Steve Austin to become the very first Undisputed Champion, and it's a huge show. And is also highlighted, again, in the Defining Moments line. So that is also a figure that is a really good figure. Uh, so if we're going to get back into what we were talking about. So basically it's written where it's going to be Triple H versus Chris Jericho, WrestleMania 18. And the early rumors for that was that Hunter was going to face Austin for the title. So they had to kind of figure out a way to get the title off of Jericho, get it on Austin so that they could do the match at WrestleMania. Well... If you remember from the two-man power trip, this is Austin's heel turn that ultimately turned out really bad for Austin. It's Austin's biggest regret that he ever had in the business. And at this time, Austin was, he was done with the heel run. He wanted to become a babyface again. So really the idea was halted because you can't have two babyfaces face each other in a high profile match like at WrestleMania. They just you gotta have parody. You gotta have a heel versus you gotta have the the hero overcome the nasty villain. And nobody wanted to boo Austin anymore. And everyone wanted to cheer Triple H no matter what he did. So Jericho, who he said there was a lot of politicking backstage and he wrote this in his book that there was a lot of politicking backstage to get the recently returning Kevin Nash as the champion, which I'm really glad that that didn't happen because we all kind of know that that NWO return was a big flop, and mainly it was because of the issues that Scott Hall had, um, and in all of his demons, rest in peace, Razor. But we would end up seeing that in a few years later. We didn't need to get that right now, so we'll cover that maybe later because that's a really interesting one where not only Kevin Nash tears his quad getting into the ring for that match, so. Uh, (laughs) A lot of quad tears we get here in the early 2000s. Um, Honestly, like like I said, I'm I'm, I'm really glad that didn't happen. Uh, Jericho said that, you know, he he originally pitched the idea to stay champion and that uh, he wanted to um, have an affair with Stephanie, who was Triple H's on-screen wife and, you know, actually real-life girlfriend at the time. And Triple H shot that entire idea down by saying, you know, Steph would never cheat on him, so it's not a believable story for the viewers, and it would make him look bad. And, you know, honestly, at this time, you know, we were starting to get a lot more information. I don't think that would have mattered. I think the fans at that time, excluding myself because I was literally nine years old, <laughs> the, the the fans were starting to figure it out. And... If they hadn't figured it out, they figured it out already. So I don't think that that would have really, you know, made Triple H look stupid. Uh, like, it, everyone knows at this point that it, it's all jig. It's it's kayfabe. So, you know, why can't why, why can't you do that? Um, but it, it ended up, what ended up happening was Steph and Chris t- come together as business associates. Uh, basically, Chris becomes Stephanie's lapdog. 
and you know really kind of this is where things kind of get a little sideways for this angle Stephanie faked a pregnancy yes I said that right Stephanie faked a pregnancy to renew to get Triple H to renew their vows and stay married and Triple H ended up seeing that she was lying and then that's a very famous uh wrestling wedding we all know we we love wrestling weddings here on the podski if you ever watch a wrestling wedding they always end in horror and some there something always bad happens and this is the one where triple h turned on stephanie and called her a no good lying you know b-i-c-t-h and just it, it was a really good angle but the problem was that it ended up being Triple H versus Steph, not Triple H versus Jericho. And I think that's what kind of really hurt this match, among other things. So as we get to WrestleMania 18, the highlight of that show is Hogan versus Rock. It's the icon versus icon. And it's that match. We all talk about it today. We all know it's a fantastic match. They literally do nothing for 10 minutes, but it's a fantastic match. A great, great, great wrestling moment. But that match completely overshadows the main event, which is Triple H versus Chris Jericho for the world title, for the undisputed title. Rock and Hogan, we all know that, like, as I said, that should have been the main event, but Triple H wanted this crowning moment and he wouldn't allow it, saying that the title has to go on last. And it, it and, and like we said, we, it, this match really suffers because the crowd is so exhausted by the time we get to this point. And they gave everything they had for the for the Hogan and Rock match. Now, they did put a women's match. Conveniently, they threw a women's match in there to bring the crowd down and give them a second, but they were just so dead from, you know, being so high that they could never obtain the level that they were at before. Uh, so, anyway, they have they actually do have a good match. It's a good WrestleMania match. Like, if you can extrapolate the fact that, you know, the crowd is a little dead and you know, forget what happened right before this. Like, it's a really good WrestleMania match. And Triple H ultimately ends up winning. He gets his crowning moment. His his story, his culmination, his return is complete with the Undisputed Championship. And he, you know, just, it just feels a little flat. He ended up giving up the belts to Hogan a month later at Backlash. But, um, you know, even they were even asked later on, and he said that, why didn't they not go last? And he said, I wouldn't have minded it, and I don't think Chris would have either, but I think it's not fair to the WWF title not to be the final match. It wouldn't be fair to the past champions, and it doesn't, and it's not fair to anyone who desires to hold the title. So, you know, it kind of feels like I'm putting a bad, like I'm 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 ending on a bad note here, but it's still one of the biggest highlights of the year of 2002. It's one of the biggest highlights in WWE history with the return and, and in general. And, you know, this launched into the summer of 2002. We, you know, we have the brand extension. We have SummerSlam 2002 where Triple H, you know, who he was a babyface here. He ultimately reverts back to who he is. He re- ultimately turns into a heel and then, 
Shawn Michaels comes back. Triple H turns on his best friend, Shawn Michaels, and they have the unsanctioned match, SummerSlam 2000. It's a fantastic match. I love that match so much. And, you know, this is just right exactly where I was in my... I'm in my wheelhouse here now. This is exactly when I was watching wrestling. I was just loving all of it. So uh, that is going to conclude the Triple H return of 2002. I'm sure we'll dig into the SummerSlam 2002 show at some point. That is a really great show. There's a lot of good things. Rock versus Brock Lesnar, uh, Triple H, and, you know, obviously Shawn Michaels. It's a really, really good show. Uh, but make sure you check us out on the Podski uh, on Twitter at the underscore Podski. Check us out on Instagram at the underscore Podski. Check us out on Facebook at the Podski with John Baker. We're going to have a lot more content coming we're gonna try to do a royal rumble show next week in preparation for the rumble and you know we're gonna do a playoff preview pod for the divisional round uh tomorrow night so uh make sure you're keeping it locked in and you're checking out all the stuff that we're doing here on the pod ski and we will see you next time on the pod ski